0: is Christian Questions.
1: Edwin Powell Hubble once said, Equipped with his five senses, man explores the universe around him and calls the adventure science. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Christian Questions, talk radio with a purpose with Jonathan and Rick. This isn't your typical Christian commentary. We love talking with our audience, and we promise never talk, ask you like so many talk shows do today. This is a conversation about biblical topics, as we look at them from a different
2: perspective. And, Rick, that perspective is based on godly principles, family values, honest dialogue, all in a politically free zone.
1: Jonathan, the best part is this we talk and we listen, and then you talk and we listen.
2: You can contact us at our website, ChristianQuestions.com. I'm Rick. And I'm Jonathan.
1: And folks, we're truly glad you've chosen to spend some time with us here on this fine Sunday morning. Jonathan, good morning. How are you? What's happening?
2: Good morning, Rick. Hey, uh, you're not in the studio. Where are you?
1: We, my friend, are in sunny Florida. I'll tell you that. right
2: here, right oh, now. Oh, no, I want to be there.
1: <laughs> uh, we're at a Bible conference in Jacksonville, Florida. And uh, I'm sitting here in the conference room uh, with, uh, with Todd Alexander, our special guest for this morning. Uh, We'll get more into him. Good morning,
2: Todd. Hey, good morning,
1: Rick, and good morning, Jonathan. Good morning. So, Jonathan, what's the topic? What's the scripture? Let's get going.
2: All right. Well, Rick, our question this morning is, so how does Jesus get you going? And our theme text is found in Psalms, chapter 34, verse 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How blessed is the man who takes refuge in him?
1: Okay. Okay. You know, it's a truly amazing thing to look at the intricacy and detail with which we are created. God not only blessed us with a reasoning mind, he gave us the ability to experience the world around us through our five senses. Each of these five senses is a full experience in itself, and putting them together can be truly remarkable. What if, what if these five physical senses were a template for pathways to spiritual learning and growth. What if we could better understand and apply the teachings of Jesus by realizing how to use spiritual sight, spiritual hearing, spiritual smell, spiritual touch, and spiritual taste. Spiritual touch, I don't know about that. <laughs> anyway, folks, stay with us. This should be pretty fascinating. And, and Jonathan, to get this uh, started today, uh, this is a very unusual topic And I'm going to tell you right off the bat, this is something I would have never thought of on my own.
2: (laughs) I understand. So only Todd would think of something like this.
1: Only Todd would (laughs) think of something like this. So we have with us Todd Alexander. Todd, good morning again. You have been with us before.
2: Yes, I have a couple of times
3: in the past. Thank you very much.
1: And where are you from? What do you do?
3: I'm from Columbus, Ohio. Mm -hmm. I'm an advertising agency salesperson. And actually, that vocation is where I came up with the idea. Because my job is to establish retail environments inside a store that actually touch the senses of the customers that come through the door. Okay. All right. So, and now
1: you are a, a
3: minister. I'm a minister. I have minister all over the world. I've been, I was in Brazil last week for a week. I was in China. We're doing some very fun work in China. And we're, you were in China yeah uh, doing actually, doing gospel work in China yeah it, it we, we were followed by the secret police so it was a lot of fun
1: <laughs> a lot of fun being followed by the secret police yeah folks you got to understand Todd thinks everything is fun <laughs> so all right so you have you have a uh, uh, quite a background in terms of uh, where you've been and what you've done thank you and so let's let's get started first of all Todd explain to me the premise of senses, you know, and, and then we're going to go through the physical senses, so, but what's the premise that we're going to have our conversation based on this morning?
3: Well, the one scripture that really stands out to me is Hebrews 5.14. The Apostle Paul in Hebrews says, but strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age. Okay, so he's talking about maturity there, right? And he goes on to explain, he says, even those who by reason of youth have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So he's speaking about spiritual senses here. He says that a mature faith is one that exercises spiritual senses to make it, to parse the difference between good and evil. So it, he, he's using the senses as a metaphor of something bigger.
1: Okay, all right. So, And, and folks, we're going to go through that uh, throughout the program. We're going to go through these five senses through the rest of the program. And I already want to tell you, folks, if we're not on in your area for the second hour, go to ChristianQuestions.com, click Listen Live, and stay with us for the second hour because you're only going to hear half the story. Uh, in the first hour. So let's briefly describe, before we get into the spiritual side of things, Todd, let, let, let's briefly describe the five physical senses. Okay. All right. You know, now there are few human activities that can actively engage all five of the senses. So there's a sound bite. I haven't even told you what it's about yet. I just want you to listen to this, and then it's going to be, then we'll talk about it for just a couple of minutes because it's something that you and I really both enjoy. Great. Okay, so let's go with that first sound bite.
2: When I was four, I told my mother I wanted to be a chef. My grandmother was a chef, and my father was a baker. So I think it's just in my bloodstream. If you asked me what my tools are, I would have to say it's my nose and my tongue, not not my knife. A master chef applies a carefully conceived chain of chemical reactions to raw ingredients. The objective? to stimulate our senses of taste and smell in ways most could never imagine. My main goal is to really leave an impression with people. It's something visceral, something that transports you. But so, so he's
1: talking about food.
3: Right. And we, we
1: love food. And he's
3: talking about <laughs> senses of or- Simulate their sense of smell.
1: Well, and you know the interesting thing is though, when when one of the parts about eating a a, a great meal is the way it looks. Right. You know, you you, you can if you, if they serve that meal at your table and you hear that sizzling. Right. You know, it, it stimulates the, the hearing, and and then you've got the smell, like you said, and then of course you've got the 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 desire to eat it because it's like oh this is looking good, and then you've got taste.
3: In fact, we don't eat that food unless it looks good. It might we might hear the crackling of it. But it has to smell good, because that's the last gateway before we make that decision of desire to grab it and put it in our mouth. All right,
1: so eating a great meal stimulates all five
3: senses. It's a full sensory experience, <laughs> and I think that's a great metaphor for spiritual food.
1: And we'll, we'll, we'll develop that further uh, as we get into the program. Folks, we're going to be talking about five senses. We're going to be talking about developing spiritual senses so that we can understand the teachings and guidance of Jesus in our personal everyday life. So if you have a thought, you have a question you'd like to contribute, give us a call at 866-985-4255, toll-free, 985 all We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, Eastern, 6 to 8 Central, and that means we're on right now.
2: And we want to hear what you have to say about today's topic. Post your comments on our Facebook page. Go to our blog at christianquestions.com.
1: Okay, so Todd, let's go through the five physical senses and just Give me a rundown. We'll, we'll do them in the order that we're going to touch on the spiritual senses. Sight, the physical sense of sight is first. Yes. What about sight?
3: Well, sight is the physical sense of sight is a is a metaphor of our spiritual sense of perception. There's an interesting scripture, Genesis three seven. It says, "The eyes of both of them were open, and they knew that they were naked." Now, their eyes, their physical eyes, were open, but the participating in the sin together gave them the knowledge that they were, that they were, that they were, uh, that they didn't. So okay. It was an immediate flood of, of perception that came into their mind.
0: Now,
1: now, physical sight, we're going to get into that picture a little more deeply in the next segment, but physical sight is, is, is one of the primary senses because most of us rely more on sight probably than on anything else. We do. So it really kind of is like a foundational sense. It is. Uh, you, you see things, and if you can't see things, you get a little worried about it. And, and so, okay, what do I do because I can't see clearly? Right. And of course, that the the emotional
3: and the the spiritual sense follow that. Okay, hearing, hearing, physical fact, hearing. Hearing is one of the most important senses because if you cannot hear, then you are taken out of the realm of human relationships. Oh, okay. Sight. In fact, most people can easily do be be blinded instead of deaf. But if you're deaf, you're taken completely out of the realm of Personal relationships. You say you're completely isolated from the world of mankind, from any personal development.
1: And you know that's the interesting thing about the story of Helen Keller oh. is she was blind and she could not hear. Right. And it took an amazing amount of effort to help her
3: engage in human relations. And in fact, that's a great metaphor. I'm glad you brought that story up because the world of mankind is blind and they're. They're, they, they're deaf to God. Oh,
1: you're right, you're right. And again, we're going to develop that as we go a little further. Now, let, let's continue just going down the road of the actually, the, the physical senses. You know, the other thing about hearing, Todd, is hearing happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Whether you're awake, you're asleep, whether you think about it or not. Even
3: in the womb. That's right, that's right. The baby can actually understand that its parents' voices, and not in the words, but that they love them and that their safety.
1: And there's some great stories about that. So hearing is such a basis for our, our lives. What does it mean spiritually? Stay tuned, we'll get to that. Okay? So we've got sight and hearing sort of as a site of the main foundation. Yep. Then you're saying hearing is gonna be the second level.
3: Yeah, would you like to look at a couple more scriptures on, on sight, or do you want to go to hearing? Uh,
1: no, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna just go through the physical senses first, okay? okay. Uh, the, the sense of smell. Now, again, you've already alluded a lot to the sense of smell, but this is, one of the things about smell that, that immediately comes to my mind is, again, it's another one of those 24-hour, seven-day-a-week senses. Yes. You, oh, um, um, unless you've got a bad
3: cold, you're always smelling. The neat thing about smell is that, um, all of the senses go through the thalamus and through the neocortex in the human brain. I don't even know what that means. Well, the neocortex <laughs> is what makes us human. And the neocortex is actually also called our lying brain because the neocortex is actually actually processes the information we receive from our senses. But smell is different. Smell goes right to the limbic system, and the limbic system is it controls our body language, which we cannot control. We cannot manufacture body language, and it also can uh, is where our fight or flight or freeze mentality comes from. So smell is it has a direct link to our limbic system, and it bypasses the thalamus and the neocortex. So that's why when we make, if we see something, it looks right. If we hear something, it looks right. But it doesn't smell right. We don't do it because it doesn't smell right.
1: That's interesting, and and, and folks, you can just see that the lessons for spirituality is piling up here as, as as we go through just this basic introduction in this segment. Okay, so we've got sight, we've got hearing,
3: we've got smell, touch. Yeah, touch is when we reach out and touch something. We we reach out and, and we desire it. We we grab hold of it. We grab the bull by the horns. So what does that mean? That's a metaphor that we use. Right. And it means that. Yeah, but who wants to do that anyway?
1: (laughs) You think about some metaphor, you say, who thought of that? (laughs) No,
3: it's actually all of these metaphors are in the scriptures, but they're also embedded in our culture. It's our cultural thing. In fact, you can watch movies and you can see the metaphors being used actively and in in visuals, but but reaching out and touching something, reaching out and grabbing something, means that we're making a physical connection with it. And the interesting thing about touch is that that sense activates all of our, it heightens all of our other senses and brings it into a beautiful harmony, uh, a symphony, if you will.
1: So so you're kind of, it, it sounds like the way you're describing the senses from a physical standpoint, and folks, again, we're not getting into the spiritual part yet, that's next segment but you're, you're building toward a crescendo here. It's, it's like you've got the, the
3: foundation, and you're building layer upon layer. Rick, we fearfully and wonderfully made, and God created us so that we could... He, he created us for His enjoyment. And, and that's the that scripture in Revelation, and you know what? He's enjoying us <laughs> if we properly serve Him. And the way to properly
1: serve Him is to understand how to, to do that, and that's what this is about. So, so the last physical sense, then, is faith.
3: Yes, faith is point to the spiritual sense of experience, for participation. When we say, you know what, that just doesn't taste right, that means that we had an experience and it doesn't work with our spiritual senses. Taste is the last gateway of uh, in, our, in our physical senses, uh, participating in something, and it is the last gateway in our spiritual sense of experience with God.
1: And you know, another interesting thing about taste that I think about
3: is newborn babies have oh. to taste everything. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you know what? That's is so important for newborn Newstalk, babies. 980 W F. Taste is where they get their nourishment.
1: Right, right. So so you've got the, the five basic senses. You're building one on top of the other. Now, so so God built it that way. You said we're fearfully and wonderfully made. Jonathan, let's very quickly go to Scripture, First Corinthians 12, 12 to
2: 13. For even as the body is one, and yet has many members, and all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one Spirit. So, Todd,
1: if the body is such a powerful picture of our co-laboring as Christians, what might the five senses then represent?
3: Um, say that question again. So
1: so it's so if the body is such a powerful picture of our co laboring as Christians, right. the body of Christ oh. has to work together.
3: Oh, the Apostle Paul used the metaphor of the spiritual body and, and the, the the spiritual body has to work together. Some of us have the gift of smelling, some of the have have the gift, gift of knowledge, some of the us uh, have the gift of understanding, and guess what? We need to go tell other people about it. That's why Jesus sent Ananias to the Apostle Paul. Okay.
1: Right. All right. We got it, Jonathan, as we wrap up this segment, folks. What we're doing now is going to be focusing on the actual physical sense and what it means spiritually and what we're supposed to do with all of that.
2: This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick with our special guest, Todd Alexander. And our subject is, so how does Jesus get you going? Coming up, what is the first spiritual sense and why is it the most basic? That's next.
0: You're listening to Christian Questions.
2: Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick, with our special guest, Todd Alexander. And our subject this morning is So, how does Jesus get you going? To be a part of our program, call toll free 866 985 4255. That's 866 985 for all. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9 Eastern and 6 to 8 Central. And that means we're on right now And our website, ChristianQuestions.com. And don't forget to get our free app from, with your smartphone.
1: All right, folks, and you got to do that because the app gives you so many uh, opportunities and options in, in dealing with Christian questions and, and the archive programs. And actually on the app, if you have the app and you want to make a comment but you don't want to call in, you can actually actually send us a message. We'll get that message here and uh, we'll see if we can work that comment into our program. So you can do that right through the Christian Questions app. Again, that's a free service. Okay, Todd, so this segment is about spiritual sight. And so when you say spiritual sight, what do you mean by spiritual sight? Uh,
3: I mean spiritual understanding, Okay. spiritual perception. Okay, spiritual perception
1: and understanding. Mm-hmm. Okay, we had touched on a scripture, Jonathan. Let's go back to the Genesis 3-7 scripture that Todd touched
2: on in the last segment. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loin coverings.
3: Okay, so
1: it says the eyes of both of
3: them were opened. Yeah, So and then it says, and they knew that they were both naked. So there's your first scripture that connects sight with spiritual understanding of knowledge. Okay, so
1: eyes gave them knowledge.
3: Eyes gave them that perception. And more importantly, it's a metaphor that was used in the scriptures, to see, they always had their physical eyes open, but this is a metaphor that is setting the standard for the rest of the Bible. That eyes point to the spiritual sense of knowledge.
1: You know, and that—that's side note. That's a, that's a really important point. The Bible, actually, if you pay attention, tells us how to interpret it.
3: It really does. And and it, and it says it in the common language that we understand in our day. Right.
1: So I cite equals spiritual perception and knowledge. Okay, so let's get into that, and what does that mean, and then how does how, how do the teachings of Jesus uh, become sort of electrified in our lives through sight? Let's go to another scripture. Uh, Jonathan, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12.
2: For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but that I will know fully, just as I also have been fully known.
1: So, Todd, by this scripture, it sounds like the Apostle Paul is saying... I need glasses.
3: Yes, he does. (laughs) He needs spiritual vision. That's exactly what he's saying. And he's using the same metaphor. He says, we see through this dark glass, it's like having glasses covered over with Vaseline. He is looking for God, he's striving for God, but it is a dim experience for us on Earth. Even though we have the Holy Spirit, we are going towards God in knowledge and in understanding and discernment, but we still see through this glass darkly, and the Apostle Paul knew that very well. He thought he was full of knowledge when he was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. So, so the interesting thing, again, the Apostle
1: Paul, we look at, when, when you look at a Christian who yes. really lived his Christianity and really, really served and really worked, you think of the Apostle Paul. Amen. And But he's saying... You know, I can't see as clearly as I would like to at this point. See himself,
3: and he was teaching that to others. Out of his failure, he was teaching us something very powerful.
1: So, spiritual sight, then, you know, what really doesn't like come all at once to somebody.
3: No, remember Jesus said, "Blessed are your eyes for you see." Right, and that's something that we should really appreciate. We we appreciate seeing the knowledge of God. Okay.
1: All right. Now, with that thought, mm-hmm. let's go to, to another scripture because it's going to it's right. gonna add another dimension to that. Jonathan, let's go to Romans 11.25.
2: For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part is happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in.
1: So you're saying, Todd, sight means spiritual perception and spiritual knowledge. In this Roman scripture, it's talking about An inability to have spiritual perception and knowledge through blindness.
3: Amen. And and Saul of Tarsus was the uh, personification of that. In fact, he says that the Jewish people had a zeal for God, but it was not according to what? Knowledge. Amen, brother. That's exactly. There's a (laughs) zeal. Oh, it's, it's powerful. They were blind. They were spiritually blind because they didn't have the knowledge, they couldn't perceive God, and that's what Jesus was doing during his ministry. He was confronting the Pharisees, for their knowledge.
1: Okay, so that brings up an, another important point. You had talked about um, the desire, yeah. you know, is being cut. Yes. Now, desire is not is it, like the fourth one down the line, right? So, what you're saying then is you can have a desire, but if it's not according to knowledge. first sight, mm-hmm. then that desire can be easily off track.
3: Amen, and and, that we, and we live in a, a world that is trying to get you off track.
1: So being, we can have desire. So, folks, it's not just how you feel.
3: It's not how you feel. And if, you're, if, if your first part of your faith is about feeling, then you need to go back and backfill it. With what? With sight and with hearing and with discernment. Okay. No. So,
1: so, folks, I hope you're seeing how important it is to build from the ground up. So spiritual sight is, is the most important thing. And, again, folks, if you have a thought, you'd like to contribute, you have a question, please feel free to give us a call at 866 866- 985-4255, toll-free, all We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9 Eastern, 6 to 8 Central, and that means we're on right now. Okay, Jonathan, let's go to another scripture. Let's go to Luke 10, 23 and 24, because we just talked about blindness, the inability to see, and, and you said, Todd, that the world... Even if the world has desire, a lot of times it goes in the wrong direction because there's blindness. Now let's look at the other side of that. Luke 10, 23 and
2: 24. Turning to the disciples, he said privately, Blessed are the eyes which see the things you see. For I say to you that many prophets and kings wished to see the things which you see and did not see them, and to hear the things which you hear and did not hear them.
1: You know, one of the things I'm, I'm noticing, Todd, is it's in many ways, it's hard to separate sight and hearing in Scripture. They seem to come up together
3: a lot. And mostly it's always sight before hearing. Yeah. So there's a process, uh, an inherent process to that. Okay, so go ahead. Uh, the, The thing we should understand as Christians is that we should really participate in the First advent of Jesus by reading scriptures and reading the experiences of the apostles, Jesus said, "Blessed are your eyes for they see." Well, because he was ministering to them and they were listening and they were watching, they were witnessing the majesty of God in in the in personified in Jesus, and we should participate in that by doing our due diligence and diligence and reading scriptures and praying for understanding.
1: So, in order to get somewhere, you got to know where it is you're going. You got to look for it. Yes. So, so that spiritual sight is so important. And Jesus is saying here, blessed are the eyes which see the things that you see. Right. So he's talking to his followers. And he's saying, you see things differently. You see things more clearly. You've got your reading glasses on, and you're actually getting input that others are just going right by them. You are blessed because of that.
3: Yes, and we look at nature. We look at the heavens. We look at the order in nature. We look at the beautiful creation, and we see that it is the hand of a wise and just and loving and powerful God. But these are the words that the apostles were hearing from Jesus. These were the experiences. They were watching him do the miracles. They were watching Jesus live the faith. Okay. And that perception is what grounded their faith.
1: See, now, and that's another thing that didn't even dawn on me. When Jesus did miracles, you know, that miracle transformed that one individual. But everybody who saw the miracle. Was given that input.
3: Take, take the loaves and the fishes. The loaves and the fishes is a perfect example. And that was the case in John chapter 6 when Jesus ended up saying, If you want to follow me, you've got to um, eat my flesh and drink my blood. Right. And that was so antithetical to anything that they learned that most of, them, most of the people just went away in disgust. It didn't smell right to them. Yeah. Okay. But the <laughs> disciples hang out, hung out. And they said, Where else would we go, Jesus?
1: Yeah. So, so. Again, it's hard to isolate just one sense, and 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 you see how they all work together. And but, folks, hopefully you're getting the, the the importance of knowing why these spiritual senses are so important. Let's go to another scripture, Jonathan. Let's go to Second Corinthians chapter four, verses four, and then jump down to verse
2: eighteen. In whose case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving, so that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. While we look not at the things which are seen but at the things which are not seen for the things which are seen are temporal but the things which are not seen are eternal
1: so now in this scripture in the scriptures we've talked about in this segment we have the eyes of Adam and Eve open yes uh, we have um not being able to see really really clearly in this in this age you know as even as Christians we have the Israel being blinded. Yes. We have the followers of Christ being able to see things. Mm-hmm. And now, in this scripture, it's the world
3: is blinded. And that's... So the world... Remember the Apostle Paul talks about in Romans, he talks about the beautiful creation and how the, the their their the, the beautiful creation is made manifest to everybody, but everybody does not go to the next step of understanding. So that's the case here because they're blinded by the God of this world, which is Satan. Okay,
1: and again, that's an important aspect. That's in Romans chapter one that you're talking about. Yes, where where the, the the apostle says, "Look, the world could see God if they would look for God, because God is obviously in front of them to the magnificence of creation."
3: But they've been deceived, just like Satan deceived Eve.
1: So, so we we've got a real problem spiritually now, because the scriptures are telling us. Israel, for a time, has been blinded, and the world is blind. So it doesn't leave a whole lot left to have sight.
3: <laughs> right. Well, that's why Jesus said, watch and pray. We should watch, and we should, we should watch for knowledge, and we should pray for understanding.
1: So, and again, it, you're, you're right. The sight thing always comes up first. It does. It always It's the comes beginning up. of our faith. So, so now, just, just a side question for you, Todd. I'm going to throw you a curveball on this. Yeah. We're on the radio.
3: Yeah. How do
1: you get people to see,
3: interestingly enough, that our physical sight is only about um, uh, 15% of what we perceive. Okay. The rest comes through our experience. I'm looking at you in the eye right now, and your whole body is speaking to me. I am your, your, your soul is connecting with my soul, and we're having a discussion. So sight is one of those experiences that is part of the symphony of our life. It's just the beginning of our faith. And the title of the session is, How Does Jesus Get You Going? The right. answer is, he gets you going with knowledge, because you need to open your eyes to God. Jesus said, watch, and then he said, pray. We watch for knowledge, we pray for understanding.
1: So, But but knowledge is like first gear. It is. Okay. First gear is great to get started, but you got to up shift.
3: You do. <laughs> you do.
1: <laughs> okay, and we're going to get to that up shift in just a couple minutes. Um I, again, folks, I, I want to urge you that if if you haven't done so already, go to ChristianQuestions.com, sign up for CQ Rewind, the full edition. It's a free service that we offer at the website. You can also order it through the, uh, through the app. And Jonathan, what's involved with CQ Rewind, the full edition?
2: Well, there's graphics, there's illustration, there's bonus material. It's, it's like a Bible study per topic. So just go to ChristianQuestions.com, sign up. It's free, and you will love it.
1: Okay, good, thank you. Uh, He can rewind the full edition, folks, it's a must, because with a program like this, it helps you to see the scriptures and see the commentary so that you can begin to build the superstructure. Uh, We're running a little bit shy on time in this segment. Jonathan, let's go down to the last scripture uh, for this segment, Acts 9, verses 16 to 18.
2: For I will show how much he must suffer for my name's sake. So Ananias departed and entered the house, and after laying his hands on him, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you were coming, has sent me so that he may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he regained his sight, and he got up and was baptized.
1: It is startling when you put all of this in perspective and say, okay, sight is the foundational, spiritual sense. How this experience with the Apostle Paul was all
3: about his sight. It was. And you know what? Perhaps Jesus blinded him to show that he was really not knowledgeable about the truth. That so was a metaphor.
1: He blinded him because he's saying, spiritually, you can't even see. We've got a major overhaul to this.
3: Right. And then Ananias is the one through who Jesus healed him. And so that's the proof that, that shows how important it is for us to preach the gospel, because through our work, doing the work of Jesus Christ, we are able to open the eyes of the blind.
1: And that is such an important aspect of this thing is 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 that the gospel then has the ability to take blindness away from people. That's what you just
3: said. And and the Apostle Paul said that prophecy, which is expounding the truth, is one of the best gifts.
1: Okay. So so you've got to show the gospel Mm -hmm. to others, and and it's interesting because in the scripture about with with.
3: Saul, Tarsus, and with Saul,
1: Tarsus, and Ananias. Ananias is afraid. Amen. And, 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 and Jesus basically says, look, I'm going to show him how many things he must suffer for my sake. His eyes will be open, and he will have to go through experience.
3: That was a pretense text to his future suffering, so the experience was actually in the suffering that the Apostle Paul had.
1: So, spiritual sight, spiritual perception is the foundation stone for all of our spiritual senses. And Jonathan, as we go into this break, we hope you're getting the the importance starting at the beginning.
2: This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick with our special guest Todd Alexander and our subject is So How Does Jesus Get You Going? Coming up, So If Sight, Spiritual Perception is a Foundation. What is the spiritual sense built upon? That's next.
0: You're listening to Christian Questions.
2: Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick with our special guest, Todd Alexander. And our subject this morning is, So How Does Jesus Get You Going? To be a part of our program, call toll-free 866-985-4255. That's 866 985 all We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9 Eastern and 6 to 8 Central, and that means we're on right now. And our website, ChristianQuestions.com. And don't forget to become a Twitter follower. To learn about upcoming programs and new updates posted, go to our website, ChristianQuestions.com.
1: All right, Johnson, thank you. And uh, again, uh, I am uh, calling in to the studio this morning from Jacksonville, Florida. I'm sitting here at a table in, the, in, a, in a conference room with uh, Todd Alexander. We are actually both uh, uh, attending a Bible conference down here in Jacksonville. And Todd, we're talking about spiritual senses, the five senses, are going through one sense per segment of the program. Uh, we did an introduction in the first segment. and the second segment, we talked about the, the foundational spiritual sense, which is sight. Mm-hmm. And now we have to build the next step on that foundational spiritual sense, and it's hearing.
3: What does hearing mean? Hearing means understanding. Um, Jesus pointed to that. We're going to read that scripture in a minute. But first, we we see, we perceive the the truth, and then we have to work to understand it. Okay. So you see it first. And then you understand. And then you understand. You
1: can't understand it really without
3: seeing. Exactly.
1: Okay. And the interesting thing is spiritual eyes don't have to necessarily be physical. Right. So you can still spiritually see. If if someone is, is... physically blind, doesn't mm-hmm. mean they don't have spiritual sight. Right. So you can spiritually see and perceive, and now you've got to spiritually
3: hear and, and understand. And these spiritual senses, the, the, the physical senses are the gateway to the way Jesus gets us going. All right.
1: And that's the key. Folks, if you're... In, here, look. Let's be real practical here. You're a Christian, and you're looking at your life and saying, you know what? I'm just not being... I'm not just not doing what I should I be. I don't feel Right. Right that's a spiritual sense. <laughs> so if you don't feel right, Todd, what you're suggesting is, okay, don't work on the feeling, go back to the basics.
3: amen, go because, to because feeling comes after knowledge, it comes after understanding, and it comes okay. after discernment. Then you get that desire. If your faith lacks desire, backfill it with the first three spiritual senses, sight which is perception, hearing, which is understanding, and then, which is discernment, and then your desire will come after through prayer.
1: So that's how to fix the problem of spiritual
3: desire. Amen. That's incredible,
1: folks. I hope you get this. Um, so, so let's let's lay out some scriptures then for for spiritual hearing, Jonathan. Let's go to Matthew thirteen verses
2: fourteen and fifteen. In their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is being fulfilled, which says, "You will keep on hearing, but will not understand. You will keep on seeing, but will not perceive." For the heart of this people has become dull. With their ears, they scarcely hear, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they would see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and return, and I would heal them.
1: Okay. So, Todd, this is this is Jesus. He's speaking. He's quoting a prophecy in Isaiah, and he's talking about
3: seeing and, and hearing. Yeah, and it comes. It's interesting. This comes right after the parable of the sower. So the disciples, he was he was helping out. It was a kind of a sidebar conversation. He spoke the parable of the sower, and then he said, Hey, guys, I'm speaking there in, in parables, because it's not for everybody to see. It's not for everybody to understand. But for us as Christians that have the Holy Spirit, that, that are developing in Christ, we get the whole uh, truth in a beautiful story that resonates with our spiritual senses. Okay, so... Hearing
1: has to come with seeing. Uh, understanding has to come with that knowledge
3: and perception. Right. Okay. Well, this is one of the clearest links between hearing and understanding in the whole scriptures.
1: Okay. And and it, and again, it's talking about eyes and seeing uh, and, and, and 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 knowing, and it's talking about ears and and that understanding. I mean, Jesus is—you don't have to figure out what the label is. Jesus is telling you what the label is. Exactly. So that's, it's a it's a great way to get started. All right. Let, let's continue to develop this. And, folks, if you have a thought, if you have a question, something you'd like to contribute, we are at 866 985 toll free all We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9 Eastern and 6 to 8 Central, and that means we're on right now.
2: Christian Questions, a voice of reason in a world that's lost its way. Keep in touch at ChristianQuestions.com. Look, I used a sense. Touch. <laughs>
1: You're getting it there, my friend. You're getting it. This is really, Jonathan, when you think about this, this is really, really, really uh, fascinating and using a sense, it's eye-opening, because it helps you get how to you get your spiritual life in order. Um, let's go to John eight forty-three.
2: Why do you not understand what I am saying? It is because you cannot hear my word.
3: Okay, does that mean that they were physically not hearing him? No, it meant that they could they they could, hear, they could physically hear him, but they could not understand him. In fact, Jesus was speaking to the Pharisees here. And he, it's interesting that he, he says, why, you, you don't understand my speech because you can't hear my word. Well, because they didn't see God. They were physically out of tune with God so much that they didn't even get by the first test of, uh, of uh, perceiving God. Okay, now... So they couldn't understand God, Jesus' words, because they were not in tune with God.
1: So so what you're saying, and, and, and folks, again, this is one of those great spiritual lessons, is the Pharisees were spiritually tone-deaf. They were. They could not get the harmony of what the Scriptures told them about Jesus. They could not see, even though it was right in front of them, the prophecies being fulfilled and the fact that Jesus had come as their Messiah.
3: Yes. So, go ahead. They didn't. They didn't see make the link between jesus and the fulfillment of the prophecies because they were not in tune with the suffering jesus which was completely spread throughout the old testament right prophecies of isaiah so
1: spiritual understanding that it's so they could see the scriptures and here's a classic they could physically see, right they could physically see them they could see them they could read them they had an
3: appreciation
1: for them mm-hmm. but when it came to understanding they were tone deaf. They,
3: exactly they couldn't put it together and so what we get need to learn from their failure and make sure that we can everybody can read the bible but we have to pray for understanding it's okay. work hard to understand it
1: and now especially again folks if you're if we're not on in your area for the next hour please go to christianquestions.com click listen live and stay with us for the next hour, because we're only talking about two of the senses in the first hour. And they're the two most basic, most foundational senses for a spiritual life. Uh, but understanding is not discernment,
3: right? Right. Understanding is just being un- able to understand the order of the facts that you learn through sight. Okay, say that again. Understanding is just un- knowing the order of of the facts that you learn through sight. Discernment is something different. So, discernment builds upon understanding. Right, exactly. And, and it's a whole different dimension. It does. Do you want me to give you a little uh, uh, teaser here? Yes. If I know that there's something rotten in my refrigerator, let's just say we have rotten chicken. We open up our, our refrigerator, yes. what's the worst? <laughs> it is. But what's the first thing that hits us? Smell. Exactly. Yeah. So, our smell is what how we discern that there's something spoiled in our refrigerator. We can we can look at it. And we we can try to hear it, but it's the smell that tells us that it's rotten. And and that smell will provoke you to action in a big big way. It will. You need to throw out that bad food, and that's exactly how we need to treat our spiritual food. If it doesn't smell right, throw it out. Okay, so that's coming.
1: First segment, next hour, folks. So again, stay with us at ChristianQuestions dot com if we're not on in your area. Let's let's go to a, another scripture then, um, because we've looked at Jesus again, explained to his his disciples. We looked at him addressing the Pharisees. Now let Jonathan just let's just just want to go down to Hebrews five verse eleven
2: concerning him. We have much to say, and it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing.
1: Okay, so the Apostle Paul, we believe, wrote the book of Hebrews. He's saying, you once had sharp ears, but now you've become dull of hearing. What, what is the Apostle Paul meaning here?
3: They couldn't understand the facts that were presented to them, because they, they mixed it with their own humanistic psychology. They were too involved in their power struggle, the, the hierarchy of the, of the power system within the Phariseeical system, and they were depending upon mankind. They were depending upon Rome. They weren't depending upon God. So their, their, over the years, their their spiritual hearing became tone deaf, just like you said. So,
1: again, there's a warning, because just because you, you get to a point of being able to spiritually see and then spiritually hear, in other words, spiritually perceive and have knowledge and understand, doesn't mean you're going to stay there. Right you can actually lose your spiritual hearing. That's what the Apostle Paul was saying.
3: Right. And you need to close the loop. That's why it's a beginning process, and and we need to close it with experience, but we can't get to experience without desire. And we can't get to desire without discerning the truth. Discerning, remember we said that understanding was under was the ordering of the facts? Right. Discerning is understanding how those facts fit into your the context of your life. So the
1: discernment, and again, that's for the next segment, but discernment, make the understanding valuable.
3: And the Apostle Paul knew through his failure how how bad it was to not be in touch with God. He was right. in fully in tune with God at this right. point, and he was admonishing the Hebrews, his brothers, that they need to get their act together. Yeah, because he had been there. He was dull of hearing. Right. Okay. So, but he learned how to, how to grow out of that. And he did, But and then he pays that off in, the, in verse 14, it, where he says that, you're in Hebrews five, so yeah, right? Yeah, Hebrews five fourteen, where he says that strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, which is a statement of maturity. Even those who, by reason of use, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So that's the goal. That's our job.
1: Okay. All right. So, so you know, it's kind of interesting that the two foundational senses we have: two eyes, we have two ears for the foundational senses. Like. <laughs> Yeah, and hearing, you, uh, you have two nostrils. <laughs> Folks, you got to stay with us for the second hour. This is just fascinating stuff, I'll telling you. Bob, um, uh, let's go down. We're, we're, we're starting to wind down on time for this segment. I want to just go to uh, Ephesians 4.29. Jonathan, that's right in the middle of the page there.
2: Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification, according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear.
1: Okay, so so Todd, we've talked about, uh, um, you know, spreading the gospel and spreading encouragement. What what is this telling us in relation
3: to hearing that spiritual sense? Well, this is how we can be God's instrument to the hearing of others, and it only happens through our mouth. Remember what the Apostle Paul said. He said that a preacher is necessary to explain things. Right. Um, And so the, the Apostle Paul is admonishing us that we should not have anything corrupt come out of our mouth. Why? because people would rather see a testimony than hear a testimony. And if we have corrupt communication coming out with our out of our mouth, it's not going to minister grace unto the hearers. it's going to minister an uncertain tone. And so what we have to do is once we see the truth once we understand the truth then we have to speak the truth with that understanding in mind so that we are have a faith that's without hypocrisy that's
1: what the Apostle Paul was talking about here. A faith that's without hypocrisy. See, that's an amazing thing, because, again, folks, sometimes we look at our our, our, our Christian life and we say, you know, I'm not satisfied with the way it's going. And what you're saying, Todd, is you're suggesting a very simple
2: way. Rick, one minute. Simple
1: way. Yes? One minute. Okay, thank you. You're suggesting a very simple way to remedy that situation is to go back to the beginning and, and rebuild the the spiritual sense foundation, if you will, uh, and you know an interesting thing, Todd is a lot of Christianity never gets beyond the sight and the hearing.
3: They want the experience before they get go through the basics,
1: and that's why so many people fall off. So, Todd, we're going to wrap up this segment. We've talked about the spiritual five senses. We focused on the first two. Just, just give us a summation what those first two sentences
3: do for us. Well, it's the way Jesus gets us going. He first talks to us, gives us knowledge in our, in our sight. He, then he uh, gives us understanding. And then he takes us all the way through discernment of uh, smell, to touch, desire, and then to experience, taste. But he first starts with sight and hearing. That's why Jesus emphasized that we should watch and pray, and blessed are your eyes for they see, your ears for they hear.
1: So, so folks, as we wrap up this, this hour, again, we want to remind you if we're not on in your area, go to ChristianQuestions.com, listen live and so stay with us for the second hour. But you've got to understand the incredible importance of finally finding the method and the and, and the comprehension to truly build a spiritual life that can truly follow and be the success. For Jonathan and Rick and Christian Questions and our special guest Todd Alexander, that's all we have for this hour. But folks, there's so much more to come in the hours. Don't forget to stay with us. We'll be back after the news and all that, but till then, how does it just get you going? We'll be back soon. Think about it.
0: This is Christian Questions.
1: Badaber Nabokov once said, Nothing revives the past so completely as the smell that was once associated with it. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Christian Questions Talk Radio with the breakfast with Jonathan and Rick. This isn't your typical Christian commentary. We love talking with our audience, and we promise to never talk after you like so many talk shows do to today. This is a conversation about biblical topics, as we look at them from a different perspective. And Jonathan, what is that topic we have on the table this morning?
2: Well, Rick, our question is, so how does Jesus get you going? And our theme text is found in Psalms chapter 34, verse 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How blessed is the man who takes refuge in him.
1: So, and uh, we have with us uh, this morning, uh, I am actually in Jacksonville, Florida, calling into the studio and sitting here with me is our special guest, Todd Alexander. Todd, thanks again for being with
3: us. Thanks, Vic. This is really invigorating for me.
1: And uh, we got through one hour. We've got one more to go.
3: We're having a lot of fun. This
1: is an incredible thing. So, but Todd, you're, we're talking about senses, the five physical senses, and you're saying your premise is that these five physical senses show us how to build a strong, foundationally sound, spiritual life.
3: Yes, and it's actually the way that God and Jesus attract us to the faith. They build up a foundation of knowledge... And then they give us understanding, and then they give us discernment, and then from that we have desire. Okay. after that, we come into the experience of our faith.
1: All right. And, and, and one of the key, the key things, we spent the first hour really talking about sight and hearing, perception, sight is
3: perception, and hearing is understanding. There's a process. It begins with sight, and then it, the second step of our faith is understanding. So if your
1: spiritual experience is not going well, What you're saying is, Dr. Todd says...
3: (laughs) Well, then you need to go back to the basics. The experience is actually the fifth stop. It's the last stop in our faith. Then we we have to go back and look at our desire to see, look at the roadside to see where we might have fallen off the road, and then go back to uh, our discernment of the truth. But what we really need to do is lay that foundation so that we are no longer babes in Christ. We need to get past the milk and to go further. But if we skip the milk... We're going to have a bad experience.
1: And that's such an important thing. So you have to have spiritual perception and spiritual understanding. Uh, Let's now start talking about spiritual smell. And, you know, when you think about spirituality, you don't normally think about smell. No, you don't. It just doesn't sound like, well, what do you mean? What, do you smell things spiritually? Like, what's up with that?
3: Well, it's it's, it's the one sense that actually bypasses our neocortex and goes straight to our limbic brain system. It's a very powerful sense. It's one of our last defenses of our faith before we get to desire and participation. So it's a sense, a spiritual sense, of being able to discern the truth because we're going to get a lot of nefarious things coming our way. He failed the test. Because the, she believed fate, the lie. Right. She didn't discern. She did not discern. And that's what spiritual smell is. It's discernment. It's the last step before desire and experience. Okay, so let's spend
1: this, this, this segment talking about spiritual discernment or smell. Jonathan, let's get started with Ephesians
2: chapter 5, verse 2. And walk in love, just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma.
1: And that phrase uh, just it, 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 it lights up my brain because as fragrant aroma, well hello.
3: God does the smell. smell. God does the smelling. Right. right. Remember the sacrifices of the tabernacle, the yes. sacrifice of the bullock?: Yeah, That sacrifice of the bullock provided that sweet-smelling savor to God. It represents the sacrifice of Jesus. And that's what the Apostle Paul was pulling from. He was, he was going back and using the same metaphor that actually God smelled the sacrifice of Jesus and he turned it to be sweet.
1: So, and that's important, because a lot of times, especially people on the outside looking into Christianity, they look at the sacrifice of Jesus. Oh, it stinks. And, right.
3: Because it doesn't measure with what they know and they understand. <laughs> Isn't that funny?
1: <laughs> and, that, and that makes so much sense. If they knew and understood that that was something much deeper, something much stronger, then they would get to determine that there was a bigger meaning and it would have a wonderful smell.
3: Right. If they were in, tune what accomplished? With if they were in tune with God, so God's people need to be in tune with God in order to have an authentic faith that has a strong bulwark and that is built on the faith, uh, an authentic faith. Okay,
1: so in in that first scripture, then God it, it shows that God leads the way. Does the, the smelling? Way. He does, does, does the, the smelling.
3: smelling, and this firmly links the concept that smelling is linked to the spiritual sense of discernment. Okay,
1: excellent. Now let's go to another scripture that that aroma. Mm. Jonathan, let's go to Philippians uh,
2: 4.18. But I have received everything in full and have an abundance. I am amply supplied, having received from the Ephratius what you have sent, a fragrant aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God.
1: So now the Apostle Paul is saying that whatever it was that he received,
3: to him was a fragrance. Aroma. Yeah, he was talking about Epaphroditus, and he was talking about the the good things that he received from the Philippians through the through Epaphroditus. And remember, there were some other people that he that he had a bad experience with. So this 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 experience, this sweet smell, it was a, such a uh, an experience. He, he used this metaphor of a sweet smell because it was a sacrifice. Epaphroditus did something; he sacrificed his time and his talent and his energy to serve the Lord by serving the Apostle Paul. And this is a great um, uh, example of how we should sacrifice to serve the Lord's brethren. And you know what? Our sacrifices will be a sweet melon to them.
1: And and, and that's interesting because when you sacrifice like that, it actually costs you something and it may not look pretty. Right. But there's the sweet aroma is the net effect of what may not look pretty because it is Spiritually discerned. Exactly. Okay, so it's on a spiritual level, and so our sacrifices can be that term. That, that now, Todd, just before we go to the next scripture, in, in the last hour, you had talked about the difference between understanding and discernment. Yes. Okay, just, just lay that out again, because I think that's important.
3: Okay, so understanding is being able to put the fact in order. Okay. Okay, but discernment is being able to understand how those facts relate to your life. So
1: understanding is a basis for discernment. It's the step
3: that's necessary before discernment.
1: So if you try to discern without the understanding, you're not going to put the, the right things in order. You'll make the wrong decision. Okay, plain and it's simple. Yes. Okay. Folks, if you have a thought, it is 866-985-4255. Toll free, 866-985 for all. We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9 Eastern, 6 to 8 Central, and that means we're on right now.
2: Out from the dark ages and into the light of today, join us twenty four seven at ChristianQuestions dot com.
1: Uh, let's, let's go to another scripture in terms of this, this sermon, because this is such a key. You know, it, it's interesting because there's five senses. This is the one that's right in the middle. Your nose is right in the middle of your face. Yes. <laughs> so I, I mean, just all these things just seem to, to to fit fit together. Second Corinthians two fourteen to seventeen.
2: Jonathan, let's go to that. But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of Him in every place. For we are a fragrance of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing to the one an aroma from death to death to the other an aroma from life to life. And who is adequate for these things? For we are not like many peddling the word of God but as from sincerity, but as from God, we speak in Christ in the sight of God. There
3: is so much in that scripture, Todd. Yeah. One Go of the, to work. One, <laughs> of the, one of the exciting things, you know, the world looks at Jesus' as sacrifice, and they don't understand why Jesus had to die. Right. So to them, it, it looks like it, uh, it stinks.
1: It looks like cruelty.
3: Yeah, amen. And so um, the Apostle Paul is showing us the contrast of how our the sacrifice of Jesus appears to those who are spiritually minded, versus those who are worldly-minded. And he said, through this, he's implying that we need to be spiritually-minded. Now he's talking about here how our sacrifice is perceived by the world of mankind. By the world of mankind, our sacrifice to God sinks, because we are we are consecrated, we are dedicated to the work of Jesus on Earth, which is a work of suffering. The Apostle Paul found that out, and he was relished in that experience. So, so let me just, just interrupt
1: you here for one second, because... In many areas of Christianity, and we're about to step on a few toes... Yes. um, ...the concept of sacrifice is absolutely positively minimized. Right. And they replace it with this concept of abundance. Yes. So what you're saying is that doesn't smell right.
3: It doesn't smell right, because the abundance needs to be a spiritual strength, a spiritual connection. Abundance is never manifested in the Christian life in money in material goods, where moth and rust doth corrupt. That is, I've known so many people that came into money easily and that went away from God. Hmm. They depended upon the world. In fact, that was the problem with the, the Church through the ages. The Church through the ages depended upon the kings of the earth for their strength.
1: And look where it got.
3: Amen. So what we need to do is make sure that we concentrate uh, uh, on doing the will of God, and if if that leads to a life of suffering, so be it. Jesus took the yoke; it was his yoke is easy and his burden is light, and we should follow it.
1: And and you know that idea of the the, the gospel of, of of prosperity and abundance—it's kind of alluded to in this Second Corinthians verse, where it says, "We are not like many peddling the word of God." You know, you're kind of like seeing what you can do, what you can make on the deal. That that smells rotten.
3: It does smell rotten, but it's only because you have your senses um, exercised to know the difference between good and evil, and that's what the Apostle Paul talked to us in Hebrews 5.14. So,
1: in order to have your spiritual discernment, your spiritual smell on target, you have to have that spiritual sight, which is perception. Yep. You have to have spiritual hearing, which is understanding. Yep. you got to read the Word, you've got to put the Word in order and then discernment can kick
3: into into place. And that smell goes straight to the limbic system. Your physical sense goes straight to your limbic system, which controls your body language, which which controls your fight or flight, and you have an uh, an immediate smell or immediate discernment of the truth. That's why the sense of smell is actually the one sense that has the most memory connected to it. You can walk into a room, let's say it's at a restaurant, and you smell those biscuits baking, and it takes you back 50 years back to your mother's kitchen. Yeah, and you're right. That, that,
1: that, 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 and it's such a, a power... I've had that happen. And it's a powerful experience where you smell something, and immediately you're back someplace else in your mind. So discernment is critical to the Christian. Let's, Jonathan, let's just jump down to another scripture here. Isaiah chapter 3, verse 24.
2: Now it will come about that instead of sweet perfume... There will be a putrefaction instead of a belt, a rope, instead of a well-set hair, a plucked-out scalp, instead of fine clothes, a doning of sackcloth, and a branding instead of beauty.
1: Todd, what's that about? That doesn't sound good at all.
3: Well, the That lot, smells rotten, pal. <laughs> there are scriptures that say the eyes of the Lord are, are perceiving the evil and the good. And this is one of those. He is perceiving the evil. And because, yes. of, because of this, and it's rebellious people, he is... Um, it sinks in his nose. He is smelling in the congregation. There's a couple of other scriptures that we might get to. He is smelling in our life. He is discerning whether we are, are the thoughts of intents of our heart. That's why the Apostle Paul talks about that the truth is like a two-edged sword. If God smells something rotten in our life, he's going to give us the opportunity to be cut by that two-edged sword. It's going to cut to the soul and the and under, under spirit. So, but the cutting is for the purpose of getting out thin,
1: of cutting out that which stinks. Amen. <laughs> All right, folks. If you have a thought, it's eight six six nine eight five four two five five. We're talking about spiritual discernment shown to us in the in the sense of physical smell and how powerful and important this. Me Todd, this, this sounds like it's a very pivotal sense because it's building on the foundation of sight and the foundation of hearing, and it can get you to the next areas which are desire
3: and experience. Yes, discernment is so important, and that's why if something doesn't smell right with our faith, what our parents are teaching us, what uh, another preacher is telling us, if it doesn't smell right, we need to go back and backfill and and improve it with our knowledge and understanding.
1: And you keep saying that, go back backfill it with
3: knowledge and understanding. It's like a road map. If, if we feel like we've gone off the road or if somebody else has gone off the road, then we should go back and, and start with knowledge and understanding rather than try to uh, fix it with desire or experience. So you can't,
1: and, and that's... Folks, that's, that's, oh, listen, please. It's so important. You can't fix your spiritual life by just trying to have more desire. Right. By trying to experience Jesus unless you've gone through the basic
3: first, And P- the Apostle Peter understood that, because remember when Jesus, he, P- Peter during Jesus' first advent had an emotional relationship with Jesus. Right, and, right, then right. Jesus backfilled it with all the truth. And he said, later in his life, he said, we have a more sure word of prophecy. So what was he doing with it? He was linking the prophecies of the Jesus with the experience that he had, and he was unifying his head and his heart and that's what we need to do we can't have desire in our heart without knowledge in our head
1: so Jonathan as we wrap up this segment spiritual discernment the spiritual sense of smell is critically important for
2: Christianity this is Christian Questions I'm Jonathan here with Rick with our special guest Todd Alexander and our subject is so how does Jesus get you going coming up the first three senses were all about input to touch is all about action what does it mean spiritually that's next
0: you're listening to Christian Questions
2: welcome back this is Christian Questions I'm Jonathan here with Rick with our special guest Todd Alexander and our subject this morning so how does Jesus get you going to be a part of our program call toll free 866-985-4255 That's 866 985 4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9 Eastern and 6 to 8 Central. And that means we're on right now and our website, ChristianQuestions.com.
1: And uh, I'm sitting here with our special guest, Todd Alexander. We are in Jacksonville, Florida at a Bible conference. And Todd, the spiritual senses, this is enlightening because it really helps to put things in order and it makes things so easily understandable and sensible when we have problems in our
3: Christian life. Yeah, and it's a metaphor of our five senses that really measures true with how Jesus taught us. He taught us parables that brought back familiar stories that we would understand so that we can understand the deeper truth. And I think that's what he's doing with our physical senses. Our physical senses are a gateway to our spiritual senses, and he helps us understand our faith. He can help us troubleshoot our faith by understanding this process of how Jesus gets us going.
1: Okay, so we're on to the fourth sense, and that is the sense of touch. Now, the physical sense of touch we we talked a little bit about earlier, it's a very, very, very powerful sense.
3: Yes, and I can sit here and talk to you and and hear you and listen to you, but when I grab your forearm, you and I have a special connection, Right. right? And that's the way we have a connection with Jesus. We first see him, then we listen to him, then we smell or we discern the truth, but then we reach out. It indicates our desire. Our touch, when we reach out and grab something out of the refrigerator, it it, it indicates our desire for that apple. If we reach out and touch something else it, it, and, and grab our car keys, it, it shows that we desire to drive our car. Touch. Or a chocolate chip cookie. Yeah, exactly. And dark chocolate. Yeah. Oh, That's, yeah. It might be the cookie one. <laughs> but our touch is actually the key indicator of what we want.
1: So, and here is where, so, so desire really kind of fits in with emotion in a lot of ways. It does. And so here is where we have, if we don't feel like our Christianity is the way it ought to you be. You
3: used the metaphor.
1: Right, right. We don't, we, we, that. yes, right, Yeah. <laughs> we don't feel like it's that, there's an indication, and and oftentimes we have that feeling, and we try to fix it with trying to dig up more feeling.
3: Or we try to go further and try to do an experience and try to create that. But you are not going to get there. You're not. You've got to go back to the basics.
1: Okay. All right. So let, let's let establish spiritual touch as desire from Scripture. Jonathan, let's go to Acts chapter 17, verse 27.
2: That they would seek God if perhaps they might grope for him and find him though he is not far from each one of us.
1: Again, spiritual touch, you know, reaching for God. I mean, that, that's really what it's talking about.
3: Yeah, he, the Apostle Paul was talking, this is the Mars Hill experience, where he was talking to the Greeks, and he was saying that, hey, God's not really far from him, but you've got to reach out and desire God. You've got to really desire, you've really got to want to do something. That's why when our kids are trying to decide what they want to do in life, we we say well, what do you really desire more than anything else? So that's kind of an indicator, and then they go back and backfill it with the uh, advanced education of knowledge and understanding to develop that discernment.
1: Now, in that scripture, you, you said that that was the, the the talk that Paul gives David Mars Hill. Yes. And he's talking to those who don't believe in the ones who got
3: right. They don't
1: understand him, and that's why he says it's like you're 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 blindly groping for God. Yes. And you're not finding him. They haven't backfilled it yet.
3: Exactly. Your your session is called, How Does Jesus Get You Going? Well, guess what? Sometimes that entry point could be desire, but before you go further with desire, you need to go back and backfill it with information.
1: Would you say that oftentimes the entry point is desire?
3: Um, Sometimes, especially when children grow up in a, a home that's not right. They want something that they see their friends have. Okay. And so that might be the entry point where Jesus reaches us we might be growing up in a stale church environment where the teachings are not right and we, we 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 lack our desire well guess what one of those one of those um, fixes is to go back to the basics and learn about knowledge you get the knowledge of God make sure you understand it make sure you parse it right with discernment and then your desire will pretty much happen automatically if the Lord bless it. so the desire can be sharpened and clarified
1: by going back to the basics
3: it uh, It is.
1: Okay, it, not candy. It, it is. It is. Okay, got it. Very good. <laughs> all right, all right. Let, let's go to another scripture. Jonathan, let's go to Second Corinthians six, seventeen, and
2: 18. Therefore, come out from their midst and be separate, says the Lord, and do not touch what is unclean, and I will welcome you, and I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty.
1: So now the Apostle Paul is writing to the Corinthians that had... They, they had all kinds of issues in the Corinthian uh, experience. First Corinthians, the Apostle Paul was kind of almost yelling at them, like, you guys are really, really messed up. And Second Corinthians said it would come a long way, but they hadn't quite finished. And he's saying to them something important. He's quoting some Old Testament scriptures, but he's saying, don't touch what is unclean.
3: Yes. And touch is actually the spiritual sense of desire. And Jesus... Uh, told us the same thing, but the Apostle Paul here is saying, don't even touch it, because when we touch something, that is, it gives us a special connection with it. And experiencing sin happens after touching it with our mind. Okay. Say that again. If we are on the pathway to sin, yeah. we can stop that sin at the point of touch, which is the spiritual sense of desire. So... If we come out from among them, touch not the unclean thing, that's what the Apostle Paul is saying. Get out from that cesspool of experience people that you're dealing with, and make sure that you don't even desire what they're doing. See, because that
1: that actually sets up the, the barrier to sin in an earlier place than most people would think. If people say, don't touch it, mean, well, I can think about it, I can want it, but I just can't touch it.
3: Yeah. And you're saying it's bigger than that. Adam would never have eaten that apple if he didn't touch it. <laughs> right? Okay. So uh, the experience of sin happens after the desire for it.
2: Okay. Hey, t- hey Todd, that made me, made me think of um, Eve wasn't supposed to eat of that apple, but she even added and not even touch it when she was talking to the servant, serpent.
1: Yeah, as a matter of fact, Jonathan, why don't you read that? That's the, that's our next scripture, Genesis three three.
2: But from the fruit of the tree, which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat from it or touch it, or you will die.
1: Now that's Eve repeating back. And when God originally gave the command, he didn't say don't touch it. No, he didn't. That's what Jonathan is saying. So she, she sort of put that in there.
3: Yeah, well, we don't know how many times God spoke to Adam her, so it could be showing that at least she got the message, Yeah. and it could have been it could have been Adam that spoke to her, but she says God said it, so she's giving more more information, and that's that's the big concept. Uh, and And I think that's the way sin is in our life. We shouldn't even touch it. We should not come in contact with it. We shouldn't desire it. Touch is a is a metaphor of our spiritual sense of desire, okay.
1: So now, how do you how do you build that fierce sense of desire? Obviously, we keep saying you go back to the foundation and, and build. But let, let's go to another scripture that that I think really helps to illustrate that. First uh, Timothy chapter six, verses twelve and nineteen.
2: Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called, and you make made the good confession in the presence of my witnesses, storing up for themselves the treasures of a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of that which is life indeed.
3: Okay, so taking hold, Todd, that's obviously touching. The neat thing about our faith, Rick, is that desire is actually a natural byproduct of a strong foundation of perceiving the knowledge, understanding the knowledge, discerning the knowledge, because of our humanity, because of the way we are, Just like you said at the beginning of the session, we eat food with our eyes, with our ears, with our smell, and then if it's beautifully presented, then we can't help but desire it and gobble it up. Right. And that's exactly, I think desire is like falling off a log. Sometimes it happens automatically. Be- it's if- falling off a log? Yeah, but, <laughs> I'm not
1: sure I caught you. I, well, I'm following you on that. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm using, I'm using
3: a metaphor, but desire <laughs> sometimes happens automatically, and that's what the Apostle Paul is saying here. He's saying, lay hold on eternal life. He's saying, reach out and grab it. Okay? He, he's saying, lay hold on eternal life. Fight the good fight of faith. And fighting the good fight of faith is reaching out and grabbing it. It's what the Apostles opted into the ministry of Jesus. Okay. We should
1: too. All right. Now, now let's contrast that for a moment, because as you're you're speaking about that, it flashed into my mind the experience uh, with the apostle Peter and Simon, the the uh, the, the guy who wanted to, yeah, who wants to buy the Holy oh, Spirit. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know, now he had a desire. Oh
3: yeah, that's a great example.
1: So, so what went wrong with him? Because he, he had a desire. He to, didn't. To be he, didn't
3: him. he didn't lay the foundation. It's the same thing that Ananias and Sapphira did they had the desire to be part of this group and to be seen as part of this group but they came in with a deception they they didn't they sold their property and kept back some of the goods just like Simon he didn't do the the basics he didn't do the blocking and the tackling he didn't do the he didn't understand he didn't uh, perceive and he didn't discern properly
1: so desire in and of itself for something that is good is not necessarily a good thing without the basics.
3: It could be easily misplaced.
1: Okay, and, and and again, folks, if in your own Christian experience your desire is fizzling out and you're just not sure what or why or how and you're questioning everything, the problem is not with your desire. The problem is with the basics, the, like you put it, the blocking and tackling, the perceiving, which is sight, the understanding, which is hearing, and then the discerning. Because once you get to the journey, once it smells right, then, you know, again, going back to food, we like food. Uh, it smells good. You just want to eat it.
3: I love garlic. And if anything <laughs> has garlic in it, it's going to go down my throat.
1: <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, if you have a thought, it's 866-985-4255, full free 866 for all We are live Sunday morning from 7 to 9 Eastern and 6 to 8 Central, and that means we're on right now.
2: And the conversation continues online at ChristianQuestions.com. Contact us there with your questions or comments. Also, interact with us on our Facebook and our always updated blog.
1: And please, 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 don't forget to for Rewind the Full Edition. It's a free service offered at ChristianQuestions.com. Especially with a program like this, I mean, Jonathan, you know, with a program like this, this is Definitely a very visual program, isn't it?
2: Oh, it certainly is.
1: So, if you get that secret rewind, the full edition, you get an e- you get an email with the link and the password, and you get a twelve fourteen page summary of what we talked about and how it all fits together. And, folks, really, if you are struggling with your spirituality, with your Christianity, and you're wondering, and you're second guessing, and questioning, this is a great way. Isolate where your issues are, and and Todd, you're, you keep saying that most likely your issues are because you don't have a strong foundation.
3: Yeah, I think that we are spiritually sick when we. we the Apostle Paul used that he, he castigated people for being babes in Christ that they could not eat, uh, have the meat because they couldn't, they didn't finish doing the milk.
1: So it's okay to start out as the babe in Christ, right? But it's not okay to end up. Right. as a baby in Christ.
3: Right. I want to make sure we get to Revelation 3.20 sometime in the session. Okay. Would you want to do it right now? We could. Because this is the, the, the area, and uh, I know this is a, might be a surprise scripture, but in Revelation 3.20, it's the seventh stage of the Church, and it's a very familiar scripture where Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And, and it's interesting to see the process of faith here. Mm-hmm. First, he, he stands at the door and knock, if any man hear my voice, that's hearing, mm-hmm. okay, uh, and open the door. We got to touch that doorknob and open the door ourselves. Remember that picture; doesn't have a knob on the outside. Right, right. I will come to him, and I will sup with him. He is enjoying the fruit of our spirit that we develop in supping with us, and then he with me. He's going to deliver that meat in due season. And so this whole this one scripture takes us through the five step process of this: how Jesus gets us going. He, he, we, we see Him in the in nature, we hear Him knocking on the door, we open that door with our own touch, and then we desire Him, and He comes in, and He serves us food, and then He enjoys the fruit of our spirit.
1: So you desire Him, in that stone and that's shown in opening the door. I Amen. Mean, you open the door, and it shows, this is what I want.
3: Amen, and it completely changes our life with a beautiful symphony. of uh, it, it appeals to our whole senses, and then as we... Uh, properly exercise our spiritual senses, then we can properly discern good and evil, but not before. Okay. So,
1: folks, that's a mouthful. You know, there, there's... See? We're reading again. <laughs> 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 but see, understand how important it is to realize... And, and, and Todd, you know, these 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 things occurred to you through your life experience, and but they were already there.
3: They were already there. They're just there for us to unpack. And just like Jesus spoke in parables, the Christian Church has been able to unpack those parables during the whole Gospel age. And once it's unpacked, then
1: it becomes a, 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 a group of, uh, or an amount of information that can be processed, and then be profitable. And yes. that's, see, that's the key. The whole thing here is, how does is this it's profitable in my everyday
3: experience? Well, it, and it follows Jesus' pattern, the way he operated with Peter. Remember when Peter left the ministry? What did Jesus do? He went to Peter where he was. Right. And this is exactly how Jesus engages us. How does Jesus get us going? Well, first he appeals to our 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 spiritual senses of sight, which is perception, of hearing, which is understanding, and and so forth.
1: All right. So, Jonathan, as we wrap up this segment, we've talked about four of these spiritual senses. There's one more to go. This is the most basic, most informative way to help your spiritual
2: life. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick with our special guest, Todd Alexander, and our question, so how does Jesus get you going? Coming up, the only sense of it, the only sense that's left is taste. Does taste reflect the highest spiritual experience? That's next.
0: You're listening to Christian Questions.
2: Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick with our special guest, Todd Alexander, and our question this morning, so how does God get you going? To be a part of our program, call toll-free 866-985-4255. That's 866-985 for all. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9 Eastern and 6 to 8 Central. That means we're on right now. And our website, ChristianQuestions.com. All right, Jonathan, thank you.
1: And, uh, folks, As we have gone through this program, we've we've built the superstructure of five spiritual senses, and it's a very obvious superstructure. It's scriptural, so it's easy, and like you said, we're just unpacking what's there, and we've talked about perception, which is sight, understanding, which is hearing, discernment, which is smell, desire, which is touch. Now the fifth spiritual sense,
3: Todd, is taste. Yes, which which points to the spiritual sense of experience.
1: Okay, the spiritual sense of experience, and, and that really makes sense. When you taste something, you are really fully experiencing whatever it is that, um, that, that, that you're involved in. So, taste is experience. Let's put a scripture on the table, and then let's understand how this ends up being the, 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 the fifth sense. Let's start with Hebrews chapter 2, verse
2: 9. But we do see him who was made for a little while lower than the angels, namely Jesus, because of the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone.
1: Now, Todd, that scripture, when you put the spiritual senses in order, suddenly when you see a scripture that uses one of the physical senses, it's like, oh, wait, 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 i got to really pay attention to this. So this is talking about Jesus tasting death.
3: Yes, that was the final experience of Jesus' sacrificial ministry. He was sacrificing for the three and a half years, but the taste, or the experience of death, and this scripture clearly makes that metaphor link, was the final act of his sacrificial ministry. He tasted death for every man. He experienced death for every man. So,
1: in order for Jesus' uh, ransom price to be complete, all five of his... Spiritual senses, you're saying, had to be completely, fully exercised in in what his mission was.
3: Yes, and then he invited us to participate in that. And it's interesting that he gave the memorial emblems of the bread and the cup when? At the very end of his ministry. And this is so powerful because at the beginning of his ministry, Jesus said, Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have nothing to do with me. And that's what he gave the apostles the opportunity to do in that upper room, that last experience, that that to tie their ministries into Jesus, he gave them something, not only washing their feet, feet with touch, but he gave them the memorial emblems of the bread and the cup, because they had closed the loop on their experience that they first heard about on the miracle of the loaves and the fishes.
1: So that had to be at the end of the ministry. That was his last real experience with his disciples. Communion. Right. It was that common union because they were going to be bound together in his death,
3: and he was giving them that closed loop experience that would be paid off by the Holy Spirit fifty days later, that that would flood their memory. Remember, he said, "the the Comfortable come, the Comforter will come, and cause you to remember all these things." Gosh, that's a that's a powerful concept. So the question is, how does Jesus get you going? Well, he does it through your physical senses as a gateway to your spiritual senses, but he there's a certain process and that our experience can only be uh, had appropriately and authentically if it's first built up with a superstructure of our faith. Okay,
1: now, here's one of the great, great problems in Christianity. You know, you you have the experience of of maybe going to a, a church meeting someplace, and you quote, and I'm putting the air quotes up, you experience
3: Jesus. You could be euphoric there.
1: Right, right, that's a good way to put it. You have that euphoric experience, and you walk away from that saying, okay, now I'm a Christian.
3: The forgiveness of sin is a euphoric experience. The truth will set you free, but that is not the end of your faith.
1: That's, a, that's, a, that's an introduction. It's not a complete experience. Right. So that euphoria will absolutely wear off. Right. Unless you go back and you build the structure of perceiving, understanding, discerning, and desiring to fulfill it, and then actually the euphoria wears off anyway, because euphoria (laughs) is not something meant to be there forever.
3: Well, the euphoria euphoria wears off because we are in the world. We're not supposed to be of it, but it's certainly hard to be in the world and not of it if you don't study the Word of God.
1: Okay, And, and so that's the key, to have true Christian experience you have to start at the beginning and go through that cycle, and Todd, it sounds like you've got to go through it over and over and over again in your life.
3: You do, and the beginning of that cycle is so clearly stated by the Apostle Peter in First Peter chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. He says, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word at the beginning of your faith, that ye may grow thereby. If so, be that ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Oh, right. So you say, how does Jesus get us going? Well, sometimes he gives us a little taste, an appetizer, but we have to go back. So that
1: appetizer is for the purpose of going back and starting to Of start getting you
3: going, Rick. Right. How right. does Jesus get you going? Sometimes he gives you a little appetizer. Yeah, But you better go back and get the foundation.
1: Otherwise, it was just a nice little appetizer. Amen. And it goes
3: away and you forget about that's it. What, that's, the, that's, that's what Jesus did with miracles. He right. let the people taste of the salvation of the kingdom of God, but they needed to go back and backfill it, because if they ate that loaf and they ate that fish and they didn't follow Jesus, they were simply um, not backfilling their faith with the truth. Okay,
1: all right. Folks, if you have a thought, now would be the time, 866 985 toll free, 866 985 all, we are live Sunday morning from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now.
2: And you can tweet us at CQ Net Radio.
1: All right. And, and Jonathan, let, let's go to the next scripture, uh, Psalm 348. That's been our theme scripture. We haven't talked about it yet, but we want to talk about it here.
2: Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How blessed is the man who takes refuge in him.
1: And, and Todd, that is a powerful message. Taste and and
3: see that the Lord is good. Well, let's consider David's life. David's life was—you know—God uh, loved David because he had a perfect heart before God. But David was a person that strayed from doing God's will, and he was the person that came back into God's fold. And that that coming back into God's fold, that experiencing the love and the guidance of God in his life, was the taste that was just beautiful. And he say he says, "Oh, taste." that the Lord is good, and then he gives us advice out of his failure. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him, because there was a time in David's life that he did not trust in God. So this is part of our troubleshooting. If, our, if, 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 we are, if we recognize that we are not trusting fully in God, not depending upon him for everything that we have, if we are depending upon the world for our strength and our vitality, that's a sure sign that we need to taste that, that the Lord is good. And trust in God. And with David's experience, when he went off
1: track, he did not was not going back through those spiritual senses. Because he would have never gotten well, the, the experience with Bathsheba. Right. You know, oh. seeing was what got him in trouble. It sure is, brother. But if he was seeing the right things, he would have been able to resist the physical things that he saw.
3: Right. If your eye pluck it out. That's not literal, is it? No, but that's why we're talking about the spiritual senses. If you are looking at something thats that doesn't smell right, then cut it off right there. And so,
1: in order to have the true experience of your Christianity, it's not just a how-you-feel thing, it's all about who you are. And who you are is determined by what you do and how you do it. And that's determined through the five senses.
3: Yeah, the Apostle Paul had a crash course on the way to Damascus. He was given a crash course in the five senses, and we don't have. Sometimes we're given that crash course too, but it's it's better if we rise up to the challenges that the Lord gives us and and come to God and come to Jesus authentically from the beginning to the end. So
1: we all need that crash course. Otherwise, we're going to crash, right? Because really, that's what it comes down to. If we're getting off track, you have two options, right? A crash course back to the basics, back to perceiving and understanding and discerning and desire to get the experience, or you're going to crash. Right. You know, and crash and burn is not a good good, good end result.
3: And, and, and not burn physically or literally, incidentally. One of the key indicators is what Jesus said to the Apostle Paul. He said, it's hard for thee to kick against the prick. And what he was saying was that you're going against your conscience, Paul, ah. and it's hard for you, isn't it? And guess what? The conscience comes out of discernment. So there was something wrong that smelled wrong in Saul in of Carstus' life. It could have started when he was in that synagogue where Stephen got stoned, but he didn't pay attention to his sense of smell, and Jesus had to confront him on the road to Damascus. And that's why Jesus said, hey, it's hard for you to go against your conscience, isn't it?
1: And, you know, it's interesting, because when you go back to that discernment in terms of experience, there's a scripture in Romans that talks about uh, the conscience is seared with the hot iron. Amen. So they, they, the consciences were deadened. They, the, the nerves were dead. They didn't Politics breathe. did it to them. And, and, and so we can get stuck in that. We can. And the way to get out of that is to put all five of these experiences together. Uh, we've got about two or three minutes left. Okay. Here. Okay, so let's wrap this thing up. What have we learned why is it important that we know it, and how can understanding these five spiritual
3: senses change our Christian life? Well, it's important to understand the anatomy of how Jesus gets us going, that there's actually a process involved. And it helps us troubleshoot if we see that we're lacking in one area, we should go back to the basics. The process goes like this. First, Jesus uh, shows us the truth. Okay, we see the beautiful God's handiwork in nature, and then we hear the truth, our spiritual sense of understanding by reading the Word of God, God speaks to us through His Bible, then we determine that that it is the truth by measuring it against our sense of smell, that we look at the Word of God as being a just and loving plan, and it measures with a wise and just and loving and powerful God. You know,
1: and I just want to interrupt you one second. That sense of smell, that's such a pivot point. It is. Because if we've got the first two, then that sense of smell can really... Forcefully drive us forward to the next step.
3: And which is desire? The next step is desire. And when we discern something to be true, and we come to, we lean back in our chair and say, "Oh my gosh, God and Jesus are coming into my life. I get the forgiveness of my sins. I can wash my 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 sin away in this, this metaphor of baptism." And then we experience it through the 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 the. Um, Uh, adoption through the Holy Spirit after we give our life as a living sacrifice, just like the Apostle Paul stated in Romans 12, and be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What we've learned today is that there's an engagement of our faith with Jesus, there's a process of it, so we we help see the anatomy of it. Um, Why is it important that we know it? Well, it's important because uh, we we need to make sure that we don't try to short-circuit the process and have the experience of the desire before we have the basics. The Apostle Paul warned us about not being newborn babes in the milk of the Word. And how can they change their Christian life? Mentoring. Mentoring a young person. When we raise our young children, let's not give them the experience before we teach them the truth of that experience. <laughs> let's not allow their desire to be captivated and hijacked by Satan, the prince and power of the air. Let's make sure that their desire is given. Rick, one minute. Thank you, Jonathan. Let's make sure that our children's desire, and even our spiritual children's desire, is properly based upon knowledge, understanding, and discernment, and let's pray for them that they might receive that.
1: So so what you're saying, Todd, really, is there, there is a war that goes on in, in, in the spiritual realm at this point. And yes. the war is for our attention and our focus, and even with our children, because Satan understands the five spiritual senses. Yep. And he will short-circuit, like you said, and give us the, the overload experiences and the overload desires so that we don't bother to go back to the basics of what's really, really important.
3: All of that is in the world is the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life.
1: And out of those three things comes all sin. Amen. So that is the battle. And so, folks, as we begin to wrap up this program, Todd, I want to really, really thank you for being with us today. It's been been
3: a great pleasure for me. It
1: it, it tastes good. It smells right. I mean, I don't know what else to tell you. So understand how important it is to put these things in order, to realize that our perception, our understanding, our discernment and desire and experience are all together related so that our Christian life can be one of... Not euphoria, no, 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 but one of sacrificial walking in the footsteps of Jesus, because that's what Jesus himself did. For Jonathan and Rick, and our special guest Todd Alexander, we'll be back again next week with another subject. But till then, how does Jesus get your five spiritual senses going? We'll be back next week. Think
3: about it.